Modern life. Between careers, kids, and health, it can be mayhem. That's why we're here. I'm Dr. Lisa Varghese-Kroll. And I'm Dr. Lonre Falusi. We're physicians, moms, and longtime friends who break it all down for you. Wondering how to juggle all the balls and still stay sane? Looking for advice but don't want to be overwhelmed? Curious about how to make the most out of life for your family but enjoy it at the same time? You're in the right place. Welcome to Health and Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. On this episode, we talk about kids and technology. How do you help your children reap the benefits of the technology and devices available to them without letting that technology take over? Hello, Lanre. Hello, Lisa. How are you doing? Fantastic. Drowning in <laughs> worksheets, but otherwise, great. And you? Living the COVID life. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? (laughs) Same here. Same here. So I'm excited to have a chance to chat with you and and think about something different for a while. (laughs) Yes. Agreed. 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 And thankful too that, right, we're healthy, families are healthy, and, and but thinking about others out there who are struggling at this time. Exactly, exactly. We really want to, you know, for all of you listening out there, uh, we want to acknowledge that, you know, we're still in the thick of it with COVID-19. We know all of you are as well. Um, And we're so grateful to our fellow healthcare workers, to all essential frontline workers. Very, very, very grateful for everyone that's participating and helping to fight this um, on behalf of the planet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the topic of this episode today is kids and technology. And we wanted to also acknowledge the fact that our relationship to technology has to be different during this time. Um, You know, so while there are some recommendations that we would have followed differently, you know, when things were a little bit more normal, we recognize that some of these uh, restrictions that we might have um, we might have typically had may need to be lifted or or may need to be more gentle uh, while we're in the midst of a global pandemic. With that said, thank you so much for joining us, and and we're excited to kind of tackle this issue that I know that all modern parents um, have had to face in one way or another. Oh, yeah. We're talking about kids and tech. All right. So we wanted to start with just kind of laying the land and talking about the current state of screen time in kids and our own experiences, what we see in our clinical experiences. So, pop quiz, how many hours of screen time do you think the average child gets in the United States? All types of screen time total, uh, the average American child gets five to seven hours a day. That's serious. Yeah. And we're talking about sedentary screen time, which might be passive, like watching TV, which averages out to about three hours a day for kids in the U.S., Or it could be interactive, like learning games on a tablet, but we're talking about sedentary screen time, not, you know, YouTube exercise videos. Um, So younger kids getting less, older kids getting more. So remember, average of five to seven hours means about half of the kids are getting more than that. So thinking about teenagers texting on their phones or using whatever apps kids use these days. <laughs> Is this all Facebook? No? no? Snapchat? We're totally to age. MySpace? <laughs> so more, I think, than most people realize and adding up all those little times in the day that someone might be on their phone. That's how we get to that average of five to seven. I mean, you know, if you think about it, that's like probably half the child's waking hours. 
Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, kids also spend on average (laughs) seven hours a day at school, you know, depending on their age. So thinking about the the fact that they have sometimes an equivalent amount of time in front of a screen or more, um, you know, is, is a little frightening. I, you know, to be fair, some of that might be educational time. So like I said, learning games, that sort of thing. Um, But still a lot of time being sedentary and looking at our screens. Um, and th- you know, we'll talk about what some of the recommendations are, but I'll say in my own personal experience, like I get it, it is really tough to stick to guidelines that recommend limiting screen time for your child. Um, we did a decent job with our first child. The recommendations at that time was to have no screen time under two years of age. Um, and we were able to do that fairly well and then, you know, gradually allowed more screen time over time. What we try to do now is um, no screen time from Monday through Friday um, and just keeping her, you know, busy with like really school and aftercare. (laughs) That mom who's picking up my child at 6.29 p.m. when the (laughs) aftercare closes at 6.30. Um, uh, And then we, though, significantly relax the rules on the weekends. (laughs) Um, As in there are pretty much no rules on the weekends when it comes to screen time and feeling okay with that because we have less screen time during the week. But of course, now in the time of COVID, she gets more screen time on some days and she used to try to keep it educational, not always perfect with that. Plus, she gets to watch Frozen, like probably she's watched it probably a billion times in the last six weeks. Like I think she's going to wake up one day with this like long braid and tell me she wants to go find some magical forest, <laughs> you know, with her sister. Like, okay, <laughs> see you guys later. Yeah, I totally, totally understand. I feel you because same thing. um, We also severely limited our children's screen time. Again, at the time when they were that little, um, the recommendation was no screen time um, for children under the age of two. And of course, that's much easier to do with your first child than your second child. Mm -hmm. The second one does see the older one um, watching TV if, if by that point they're over two. Um, But that is what we did. And now TV is same with us. TV is limited only to the weekends. Um, But of course, now, you know, this is excluding computer time since they're now distance learning. And my 10 year old spends most of the day on the computer um, doing all her assigned schoolwork. Mm -hmm. So for us, our goal uh, really, and this is still a work in progress, but it's our goal is for our children to think of technology as only one of a long, long, long list of potential things they could do. So I'd like them to think of drawing and playing with their Legos and running outside and playing on their tablet and reading a book. You know, I'd like it to be somewhere on the list, but not the first thing. And that's kind of kind of what we're trying to aim for, although that's challenging given our current, the current situation in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, there are no rules in the, <laughs> the days of COVID when it comes to some of these things. No, I mean, certainly, yes, we could all still try to... Um, you know, at least find other activities to round out a child experience for the day, um, even recognizing that it's more difficult these days. Um, And I love that idea of just reminding kids that screen time is one thing. It's not the first thing necessarily. It's not the best thing. It's not the most entertaining thing, but um, one of a number of things that that you can do to, to enjoy your day. Right. Which is true for adults too. Yeah. Like we also enjoy screen time. So I don't pretend that it isn't interesting, but I really want them to think of it as, you know, not their go-to. And then in our clinical experience, we see this too, you know, and kids that I see in clinic, parents definitely find it difficult to limit their kids screen time. 
I mean, again, screen time, it's a great distraction for a kid who's bored, keeps kids out of trouble, you know, or as you're cooking or cleaning or doing something that you can't have your kids kind of up under you for putting them in front of the TV is very convenient. So we definitely get that. Um, But, you know, families are also looking for ways to make sure that their kids' screen time is helpful for learning and not harmful in some way. Right. And as a rehab physician, where I have seen devices uh, come into my clinical experience has been when we've seen um, teens whose device addiction directly led to car crashes and really severe injuries. Um, If you're admitted to an inpatient rehabilitation facility, you've you've probably had something very severe happen to you, like a spinal cord or a brain injury. And then there are teens whose device addiction interfered with their rehab and recovery. So after um, having had a rehab admission and going home, they really weren't keeping up with their home exercise program or their outpatient therapy regimen because they were spending so much time gaming or, um, you know, on their YouTube channel or whatever it might be. So there are, you know, multiple ways from a clinical standpoint that devices and the overuse of devices can adversely affect our children. Mm-hmm. There's definitely the good, the bad, and the ugly of technology and kids. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Because we don't want to vilify technology at all. I would think that Laundry and I would both say that we are pro-technology. We've been early adopters of a lot of um, mm-hmm. different devices and modalities. Um, so we certainly- believe- Like MySpace. <laughs> Back to that. <laughs> you know, we really need to let our listeners know that about 20 plus years ago, Lonre was the um, proprietor of a very avant-garde GeoCities. <laughs> <laughs> that listed Geo-Cities. all our college inside jokes. I used to log on to that site and just crack myself up reading it. It was so cool. The height of like 1999 cool. <laughs> oh, man. I had those animated GIFs before you guys even knew what GIFs were. The like book that opened and closed. <laughs> the globe that spun. This is yeah. an amazing website. I forgot all about yeah. that. <laughs> But yeah, so clearly we believe there's good in technology. You know, it can obviously be very useful for learning, um, especially things that parents may not be able to teach their children. Things like a different language uh, or a different skill. Uh, An example is that I'm Canadian. I grew up in Canada. And so I grew up taking French and my children here in the States are taking Spanish and I can't really help them with their Spanish homework. So the Internet um, and technology can be very helpful in that situation. It's also obviously very good for communication with distant loved ones. Um, You know, what would our kids do without FaceTime? They can talk to their Mm -hmm. grandparents, uh, which is wonderful. And technology is also great for engagement with the culture, you know, for for letting your kids kind of understand what what the other kids are talking about, what they're into. So they actually know what Pokemon is or so Mm -hmm. I can brainwash them into loving the Great British Baking Show with me. You know, all sorts of useful things. But of course, with with the good, there's always another side to the coin. And we know that there are there are multiple risks. You know, there, there are significant risks to either early or too much childhood screen time. And those risks include things like obesity. Um, We know that MRIs show brain differences of children with high quantities of screen use. So actual functional cerebral changes, which is concerning, I think, from a parent's point of view, none of us want our child to have a brain that's formed differently because of excessive screen time. Um, Lower scores on thinking and language tests, poor sleep, which is essential, particularly in childhood for cell repair and normal growth. 
and impaired behavior and attention. Um, we, we certainly know that attention deficit disorders and behavioral issues have been linked to excessive mm-hmm. screen time, either um, through being exposed to poor examples of behavior or being exposed to modern um, television shows, which involve a lot of fast cuts and, and special effects and strobe effects and things like that. Yeah, it's so like educational if you watch TV and put it on mute and just look at even children's TV, things move so quickly, you know, fast, fast pace. You know, it's hard to, especially with cartoons, I would say. So you can imagine what happens to a child's attention if they're exposed to that for hours and hours every day. Exactly. If they're not expected to sit and pay attention to a scene because it's just going to change. You know, it's really interesting and how we expect that to transfer to schooling where you do need to sit and think for a while if you want to grasp concepts. Right. Right. Um, And then, you know, there's the ugly, the ugly, which I think we've all heard about, which is kids getting access to non-kid friendly materials on the Internet. Um, There have been examples of uh, purveyors of pornography placing their their wares or their materials on the Internet under child friendly titles. So, you know, Elmo goes to school, which is actually a porn video um, in the hopes of luring children in. So that's pretty scary for parents. And then bullying on social media for children as they get a little bit older, um, start to have their own social media accounts. We know that while in previous generations, bullying was contained in the schoolyard, now it follows our children home. Mm-hmm. And they no longer have a safe haven in their home because um, these bullies and their their cruel words and, and um, lies that they may be spreading are, are on the internet, available for anyone in the world to see. So that's a huge burden that's on our children's shoulders. So, Lonray, you know, knowing all that, what can we do about it? What can we do about it? So the great thing is people have thought about this. You know, there are groups of pediatricians, family physicians, media experts who thought about, you know, how do we make sure that we think about technology and media in a positive way for kids um, and not just focus on like what not to do so that parents just don't feel, you know, guilty every day. Right. Um, so some great, just like general guidelines to think about first um, it really starts with us as parents. Think of yourselves as role models. So how often are your kids looking at you and seeing you with a phone in your hand? Right. I know. It, yeah. it makes me feel so guilty. It's so true. Yeah. Right. Because it's so easy to just send off that one quick email or, you know, respond to those texts. But um, as kids see us with our devices and then we limit their own you know, screen time, it may make it hard for them to follow those rules. So but think about putting away your screens when your kids need attention, actually like physically putting the phone down, p- putting it away. You know, there are studies that show that having a phone on your desk, even if you're not necessarily looking at it, decreases your attention mm-hmm. to the things around you. Um, also, just thinking about generally making uh, screen time social. So if your child is watching something on a tablet, have them show you, show, have them show you what they're looking at, what they're watching, what they're learning from their screens, um, so that it's not just an isolated time. Uh, and then pick some media-free times together. So for us, it's dinner time for sure, or any meal time. There are no devices um, mm-hmm. at the table. Or you may choose driving as a media-free time to, um, you know, ask your teenager really how their day went. Right. right. <laughs> um, have like a full conversation <laughs> um, and without the phone in their hand. Um, the answer will still be fine. I get it. But, you know, <laughs> you, you can try to open that door. Um, right. 
And maybe some media-free locations in the home, like your bedrooms, for example. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of putting some guardrails around when or where you use technology like that. Um, And then just generally, especially with older kids, having that ongoing communication with them about, you know, online safety, about um, being kind to others, treating people with respect online and Mm -hmm. offline, um, speaking up when you see people being bullied, you know, that sort of thing. You know, kids are, kids just mature and develop and, you know, a one-year-old is vastly different from a teenager. So there are some age-specific recommendations as well. So we'll share a couple of those with you. These come from the American Academy of Pediatrics or AAP, um, which is a professional organization of 67,000, almost 70,000 pediatricians. So the recommendations for kids under 18 months is to avoid all screens, except for video chatting. You know, grandparents need to see their grandkids having that face-to-face in quotes time um, with, yeah, yeah, with friends and family is totally fine for kids at, at all ages, including the babies under 18 months. And then from 18 months to two years in that six month time, you can start to choose, um, you can choose to start some screen time, focusing on programming that's high quality, um, that's you know, educational, thinking of yourself as your child's media mentor, um, as the AAP says. So you are your child's teacher um, into screen time and media. Uh, so showing them healthy ways um, to use media, um, not giving them too much time with it, but opening up that door at that age with high quality programming is reasonable. And then for the next few years, that two to five, you know, toddler preschool time, limiting screen use to one hour a day is is very reasonable. And again, still focusing on high quality programs. Um, so those that may teach some language skills or communication skills or that have examples of how to be kind to others, um, that sort of thing. And then from that six years and up, you know, there are fewer sort of like set rules on the number of hours because at that age, there's more variety mm-hmm. of media available to kids. So the recommendation there is just to place consistent limits on the time spent um, on media, um, some limits on the types of media, you know, making sure that's not getting in the way of the things that Lisa talked about, you know, the physical activity, your sleep, your development, um, if you're seeing negative behaviors related to screen time, thinking about limiting it even more, or again, only certain times of the day or only certain places, um, but being consistent at that age is key. But we always, always want to remind ourselves and remind you all, you're not a bad parent if you don't follow <laughs> the directions perfectly. Especially, exactly. yeah, especially times like now when we're in the middle of a crisis and everyone is just trying to do their best. Right. Um, and also, again, like with young kids, it is harder to follow these guidelines, I think, as they have older siblings who are maybe watching TV and the baby's crawling around and, you know, gets distracted by the TV here and there. That's completely understandable. And again, just trying our best to um, to balance any screen time with really great um, developmental activities, talking, singing, reading to your child. Um, it, you know, those are the things that you can all you can do to make sure that we are doing our best to really encourage it, the positive development in kids. 
Right, exactly. To have a healthy relationship with technology and media. So that leads us to our physician mom life hack of the week. And uh, this time we are recommending the AAP Family Media Toolkit. And the reason is because this toolkit, which we will place in our show notes on our website at Hippocratichosts.com, this helps you create a personalized family media plan that's specific to your kids' ages. And this media plan <clears throat> helps you talk with your kids about some of the things that we mentioned, screen-free zones, um, screen-free times, like crossing the street, because although that seems obvious, uh, we should always assume nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely see people crossing the street with their face and their phone. Right. Maybe I'm just paranoid, but I'm like, someone could run a red light. Oh, gosh. Like, heads, I, up. heads up. I'm very attached to my spinal cord. I, yeah. I feel very strongly that crossing the street should be a screen-free time. Yeah. That's something yeah. that we need to teach our children. Um, and the toolkit also helps you talk about digital curfews, good manners, things like not looking at devices when speaking to others. Uh, how many times have we seen children not know that that's really not something that's polite? Digital citizenship, things like not forwarding photos online without permission and safety, uh, things like not speaking to strangers online without parental supervision. So we really hope that you'll check that out and use that as a tool that can help your family navigate uh, what is still a relatively new set of waters mm -hmm. um, that, you know, our parents and grandparents didn't have to deal with. But luckily, these resources are there that can help each of our families um, address it in a healthy manner. Yeah, great. And depending on your child's age, you know, really involve them in making some of these decisions. So it's, again, it's a family plan, family decisions. And then you as a parent feel less like you're just being the you know, screen time police, but rather just reminding them that we as a family, we came up with this plan together and, um, and we are, you know, being accountable to one another when it comes to our screen time. Exactly. So thank you all for joining. Hopefully you found some of these tips helpful. Um, hopefully any guilt that you came into this with has been, has been <laughs> alleviated. You know, we're all in this together. We're all figuring it out together, but hopefully with these tips, you will feel closer to feeling um, that you're using media in a healthy way in your home. Um, so remember to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Rate us, review us, download us from your favorite podcast app. And then get excited for next week's episode. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited on book recommendations. So are you looking for new titles for your nightstand? Um, or how about your kids? Are they desperately in need of a new story or two? Um, or are you like me? Do you freeze when people ask you what your favorite book is? Like there's so many. So we're going to be sharing our best recommendations with you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Health at Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. Remember that all views expressed here are our own, not our employers. And all content is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice, nor the establishment of a doctor-patient relationship. Always consult your own physician or healthcare team for any medical issues. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, subscribe, and tell a friend. And check out our website at www.hippocratichosts.com for show notes on this and all our episodes. Can't wait to chat with you next time.